listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, located right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I'm your host, Chad Alexander, and of all the places you could be, You've decided to spend a few moments with us today, and for that, we are incredibly grateful. How you doing? Already tripping over my own words. I don't know why. I don't know why. I have not been day drinking. I don't know why. I'm having a hard time speaking tonight for some reason. Must be the change in pressure or the humidity. I don't know. I will blame it on something. Local Bar can be found. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia or wherever you get your great podcasts, even your bad ones. You want to uh, find out more about us, Local Bar Media, on Facebook and Twitter. Support us, patreon.com slash localbar. It's the place where you can go and uh, donate to us. Keep us live, loud, and independent. Um, I am... um, I am... I'm, I'm frustrated with something um right i uh it's i know rarely has this happened and and i'm going to go ahead and guess that there's a ton of new listeners because i i wanted to do a show this week about something that is going on in our state and i believe that the right kind of coverage is not being given to it i do believe it is a very positive thing so it fits with what the show is about but I believe there are some very negative people trying to do some negative things with this subject. So I, um, for those of you that are new listeners, welcome to the show. Um, I usually am a lot more concise in my uh, questioning. No, I'm not. Um, and I'm uh, very handsome. So I, I hope you uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, the In the three years that I've done this show, Every now and then, I, something is brought up to me, and uh, I feel so compelled that any idea that I had before would have to get erased. This show's kind of like that. My, my wife has been uh, focused on a couple of issues going on in our community lately, and, and this is one of them. And uh, she brought it up to me like a couple of weeks ago. And um, as, as <laughs> like any good hus- husband does, I didn't really pay that much attention to it. And as it's gotten closer, I, I was wondering, what, what what is this thing that's about to go down? Uh, tonight, uh, we're at dinner, and I finally just asked Maria, what what is this? Like, there, there's something going on on Wednesday. I, I need to know about it. And we started talking, and I started looking into the little bit that I knew about it, asking a couple of questions. And it just took me down a, a path that I realized we are allowing – uh, something to happen that we we shouldn't allow to happen. This this podcast is not here to save the day, but I I do want to use this platform uh, to point something out to the folks here in South Carolina. If you are a listener of ours from outside this state or outside the country, this is also something that I think that you can use and correlate with issues in your area where it comes to where um, the community and the government kind of collide. And I hope you get something out of it. 
if you are someone who has been pointed to this show because you are an educator and you are on one side or another of this, uh, of this, uh, it's not a debate of this, um, exercise that's going to happen on on Wednesday. Thank you very much. If you want to send emails to the show, you can chat at localbarmedia.com is how you can do that. Uh, please send any emails. I'd love to see them. Uh, I am someone who does reply to every email I get. Yes, even the incredibly trolly ones. Um, but I, I do also like to kind of compile that and, and it gives me an idea of what the audience is, is, is thinking. And so please feel free to send your emails there. If you are someone who works in our government or works for someone that's a legislature legislator in our government, uh, I, I would, and this is your first time listening to the show. Uh, I'm going to let you know that there is a seat that has been open for three years. If you believe your person that you work for, or you yourself as someone who is fascinating and can come on here and and let us know where we've been wrong you're more than welcome to sit down i know know you're not going to why would you give a little guy doing a podcast here in your great state any any time of day because you could only look bad right well there's two things about it number one this show goes out to eleven thousand people a week so you know there is something that you get out of it number two if you listen to the past three years of shows i I have no problem pointing out where I've been wrong. I have no problem with that. Spend plenty of time and self-reflection, and man, I live with self-doubt like you wouldn't know. So I, it is there. I know you're not going to pick it up, but but bonus points to the first one of you that does. Uh, I'm sure there are some new uh, ears on that side of this uh, exercise as well. I hope you take this into consideration and listen to this all the way through. I do think it's worth your while. So for what's for those of you that aren't aware, there there's an there's an issue in our state and quite frankly throughout the nation with uh, what's going on in our school system, and it 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 stems from a lot of different areas. Um, one side would have you believe it it, it it's in one area. Uh, the other side is asking for you to listen to where they believe it is. And uh, it, it's kind of come to a head and uh, hit a boiling point to where something's going to happen here in our state on Wednesday. Now, I'm not, and it feels like we've been talking about protest on this show over the past couple of weeks. I'm not someone who's really big on protest. Uh, it's been well stated that I'm not someone who believes they actually accomplish a lot. That they're um, that they're not very pragmatic. It's usually run by people that uh, don't really have defined goals with them. And uh, I went through this process of uh, tonight when I was going through this with my with my wife of of you know is is this is this protest if it's really even that is this exercise that's happening something that I believe can, can make some kind of change. And I think that it can, I think that it can, but there's a, there's a, there's an issue that's going on that they are facing that. I don't know if they understand that they are or not. 
And so I wanted to take a little bit of time tonight to, to bring on my guest, uh, have her talk. This is a wonderful interview. This is one of my favorite folks. Ever to, I've never met her before. As a matter of fact, we have what you're hearing is the only time we've ever spoken before. And uh, I cannot wait for the day that I get to meet her and her husband uh, in person because it, it just sounds like they must be wonderful people. Um I don't want to spoil what she's going to talk about, so I'm I, I'm I'm watching very carefully what I'm saying. But I, I want to, you know, I'll tell you what this reminds me of. You remember the old movie, um, A Few Good Men, the the Jack Nicholson and um, uh, Tom Cruise movie. You, you all remember it. What a absolutely brilliant movie that is. And one of the things that I loved about that was uh, when I was a kid, and I was watching that movie. Um, it made me realize uh, how when people want to hide something or they've just got a, a different way of doing something and they don't want you getting in the way, that they will make the argument about something else and try to push you in that direction. Basically, come fight this fight over here that is meaningless when you know that there's something else going on. That's what... That's what I've. That's the decision I've come to is is happening in this situation. More on that in a second, uh, but right now here is my interview uh, with one of the educators that we've had in this state now for over twenty years, and I will discuss more of this with you on the other side of the break. <laughs> She was born in a small town in them North Carolina hills. She's the youngest of 14, with a stubborn streak and a fiery will. Just a country girl with curls in her hair and that million dollar smile. She could whip the boys on Sunday and have them laughing all the while in the hills of North Carolina. Daddy, he was a tough one The kind of man that worked the land He'd take her up the mountain It's in the cattle and lend the hand Then her brother, he come home from the war With me this week, uh, if you haven't heard, there's a um, there's a, a big issue that's going on in our state that uh, over the over the past few months is getting uh, getting more and more attention. It's something that you've probably heard about before, but kind of pushed to the side, most likely. Uh, an issue that maybe you don't realize, you probably think and understand that it's important, but don't really realize what's happening amongst the characters of this play. Because things are hitting a boiling point, on Wednesday here in our great state of South Carolina, uh, a lot of teachers are going to go and um, spend some time out on the state house steps because of how they feel like they have not had their uh, problems addressed by the legislature of this state. Uh, with me this week is a teacher, someone who's taught in this state for around 20 years. 
and uh, she is obviously very active in this and, and wants to find uh, a better sor- or a better outcome for what's going on with him right now. Um, we're just using her first name, if that is really her first name. Kimmy, Kimmy, how are you doing? I'm doing great. When all this is over, or when you retire and people are raving about this show, you'll you'll have to come back and give your real name. So, <laughs> the reason exactly. we are the reason we're doing it is not because there's an issue with the school district, but because this will be a political issue. We kind of want to keep um, any, any just anything that could be used as political fodder out of the way. Um, Kimmy, you you were telling me you've been teaching uh, elementary school the whole time, correct? That's right. And what grades? Third and fourth grade. Oh, God bless you. That, that's a. Do you? I don't know if my wife told you, but I I actually was doing a substitute teaching, student teaching. I wanted to be a teacher at one time, uh-huh. and um, I did first grade. I did fifth grade. I did a, a, a lot of middle school. I really liked middle school and some high school. They put me in kindergarten for one day. That was it for me. I was done. I never did it again. So. Yeah, I don't know if I could do kindergarten. Yeah, third or fourth grade. That was they were pretty good. They, those those were good kids. I enjoyed doing that then. So you've you've been doing this now for a while. Um, you've been here in South Carolina the entire time. As a matter of fact, have you been in the same school district? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes okay. Since the day I graduated from college. Okay. So being in the same school district the whole time, um, you you've got a feel for how this is. Uh, over 20 years affected uh, the area you've been in. Talk to me a little bit about what exactly is going on and, and what are the educators looking for here? Okay, so the educators, teachers are looking and parents too. It's not just us. Thank goodness we've got parents with us too. But I think there's a combination of things that everybody's looking for. Um, class size is a big deal. Getting mental health care professionals in our buildings where they need to be is a big deal. The teacher shortage um, that's happening, 5,300 teachers left their jobs last year, and they're not teaching in South Carolina anymore. So it's not just looking for a raise. There's a lot of other issues um, that are, you know, at the forefront of what we're concerned about. Um, And I think each teacher's going down there on Wednesday for a different, you know, everybody has different places where they are and how they're advocating for the profession and stuff. Um, so my, my personal reasons may be different than the person that's going to be standing right next to me on Wednesday. You, you, you said something there with, with the amount of teachers that have left not only teaching, but teaching here in the state of South Carolina. And if, if I'm correct, that, that number is around 25% of the first year teachers last year. Is that correct? That's, that's right. Mm-hmm. So a quarter yeah. of the, of the folks that graduated college and came here to teach left, they said they right. did not want anything to do with this again. Right. In South Carolina public education. Yep. The other thing. That, I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, I, I think that's probably where, um, you know, where I sit on this, just being a teacher for 20 years, I have watched some of the best, most, you know, compassionate, talented teachers just leave. And it's never easy to say goodbye. I'm still in the building, (laughs) but they leave. Some of them leave, you know, and just be our moms and and that's where they are. But lots of them don't. They leave because they're burnt out. They leave because they're overworked. They leave because they're not teaching anymore. They're doing so many other things, and that's really where I've seen the change in 20 years. It's so much more is put on us to where a lot of us feel like we're not even teaching the students anymore. You know, testing. We are testing them, and I've heard that a lot from a lot of teachers. I'm not a teacher. I'm a tester. Um, 
you know, it made me sit down and really count up how many, how many tests between district and statewide assessments are we giving? And I counted 13 in a school year. So 13 standardized tests in a school year. Right. And that's, you know, those aren't exactly, four of those are statewide at the end of the year, but there, you know, um, if you have, if you have kids, you know, what map probably is, it's, you know, a way for us to, a measure of, um, you know, yearly progress or whatever. And we do those three times a year in two, in, in two subjects, in math and in reading. That's six tests. We do reading, um, you know, assessments where we're leveling them to make sure that they're on the right track. We do that twice a year. I mean, so that's not even counting formative and summative assessments that they have, you know, just quizzes and, and tests that they would be taking just normally, you know, to make sure they understand the content. Um, and we're talking about eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. And, and younger, too, because we do it in kindergarten, first, second. You know, I only teach third and fourth, but I know that it starts before me. And, of course, it goes after, to the grades after us. So is this – I'm going to kind of cut to the chase on the uh, – on as far as the legislature is concerned. Is, is this the product of a lot of years of things like the No Child Left Behind or other areas where we've tried to get involved and there are benchmarks now for states to hit? And so what they're doing is they're focusing on on statistics that they can use to hit certain benchmarks so that funding keeps going. I, I'm just trying to figure out the, the reasoning behind the push of getting away from what we all traditionally knew growing up as, mm-hmm. as school to what it is now. What, what, what makes it such a, a large testing um, arena? I mean, it's just so every I feel like it. what I keep hearing as the years have gone on is just this. Um, I guess data-driven accountability, um, and then that that rolls over to the other reason I'm going to be going down there is like this respect for teachers and this respect for the profession, and and that we know what we're doing, and we don't you don't have to test my kids 13 times a year to know that I'm doing a good job, you know. Or so I, I mean I I can't answer exactly. I, I can only answer you know kind of since I've been in the arena of it what I what I've seen. Um, but that's what I feel like they're they're checking up on teachers. It's more of an accountability for us. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of testing companies that, um, you know, make money, obviously, off off of these tests that they're pushing. And I think schools want to show, hey, our kids are, are improving and are, you know, they want to make sure that I think ultimately they want to make sure the kids are ready for the end of the year test, you know, that they that we did them a justice and we taught them everything that they, you know, standards said they needed to know. But along the way we've just gotten somehow it's just gotten lost to where a test seems like the answer for everything and I, so many teachers are so upset because we you spend hours talking to legislators about this and telling them like because all the people making these decisions are not teachers you know right. and so they went down to the state house and 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 just pleaded and gave case after case and testimony i mean hours i think four and a half hours they were there and there was a lot of like active listening and nodding and oh, tell us more about that. But then nothing changes. And that's where, where Wednesday comes in. It's like enough is enough. Like you need to talk to teachers about changes that need to be made. And there's just, there's just too many decisions being made where, you know, no one's asking a teacher. <laughs> and, and I think, I mean, even with Molly Spearman's statement that she came out with today, I mean, I, most of, my colleagues were all saying she's you just get so removed from the classroom that you just don't even remember obviously what it's what it's like to be in there 
And that's these people making these decisions. That's, they're not in there with us. I mean, that's what all of us say, just come sit in my room for one day. We beg legislators to come in, spend a day with me so you can really see what a teacher goes through. You know, everybody uses their experience in the classroom, you know, when they were kids and they think that's still how it is. And it, and it's totally not. One of the, one of the things that, that you brought up as well was the mental health aspect. Um, it's funny how that, I was talking with my wife about this tonight. When we grew up, it didn't matter what school I was in. There, there seemed to be some section, whether it was for special education or even when I attended Clinton High School up near where Witten Center is. I don't know if Witten Center is still open, uh, but there was a, a mental health facility there where, where some folks would go to school with us as well. Uh, that seems to have disappeared, and I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not quite sure where the the mental health folks are it, it, you know i'm not i'm obviously i'm not in uh, school as much as i was back in high school because i don't spend every day there but i'm i did spend a little bit of time teaching um I, I i have been active in my both of my daughters they both they go to two different schools in both of their schools and, and I, I don't see any of that i'm not so naive to think that mental health is no longer a problem especially in our state with what we deal with with adult mental health even to the point of the the homeless population and how that that seeps in. Mm-hmm. What's going well, on with it now? Like it, it, it like how are you dealing with any kind of mental health issue in a school today because it seems to be non-existent. Yeah, it is it is. We have I mean, I know in just my school alone, we have one guide one guidance counselor for I'm at a school where first and second building is, is right next to us too. So at four grade levels, that's, I'm in a small district. We're the only elementary school for the whole district. So we've got 1100 students and roughly, and she's, she's one guidance counselor for all of those kids. And she's wow. amazing. She's, I don't know how in the world she does it. Cause she is incredible. Just got teacher of the year, actually. But, <laughs> um, she, she she sees these and these kids these kids need to talk and and it's it's just, and then so we have and we have a Lexington um, County mental health person that comes in a couple of days a week um, and sees you know some some different cases um, that are a little bit stronger than what she you know than what she can do but she she fields all these students and all of their issues and I just um, I heard her teacher talking about on the news today is so perfect. She said, you know, that um, kids may misbehave because of things that are going on in their home life. And the first thing we have to do is like discipline them. But like, if we had more mental health professionals in our building, think about how, you know, you just can you can kind of field that stuff before they get to high school and then things get, or middle school, you know, where things even get harder. I mean, and these kids are not just, are not going to her and saying, you know, like, not that it's less serious, but like I got picked on on the bus. Like these are heavy duty at home, you know, problems that they're dealing with that they, they need an, a professional adult to talk to, you know? Yeah. I, I, I've had an open invitation now. The show's been on for three years and I've had an open invitation for anybody that's in politics on any level. If they ever wanted to come on the show and, and, and talk to me because they feel like they do a really good job with uh, what they represent that they're, they're more than welcome to come on and utilize my show. I I've Mm -hmm. had friends that have reached out to politicians that said, Hey, this would be a really good idea. They don't come on. I don't expect them to come on 
because I'm going to go ahead and tell you I'm more biased against them, and and I let it be known that that's the way that I feel. One of the things that drives me crazy more than anything else is when our politician, I call it misappropriating funds. Somebody mm-hmm. else may not call it that. It, it is it is to me it is misappropriation because funds were given through tax money for a certain cause, and then they don't go there. They go to something mm-hmm. else. One of the things that I saw that came up in the talking points uh, for the educators and some and some of the other folks that are out doing some interviews about this is they're saying that one of the things that the educators want is just the money that was promised to them or that was set aside or or earmarked, if you will, for mm-hmm. education to actually go to education. What right. can you tell me about that? Um, I mean, I just think it's just, like you said, just misuse funds. Um, I don't know where, where the money goes to education because, uh, I mean, just my husband had me save my receipts just one year and I spent, it was over a thousand dollars out of pocket. Um, I mean, we, we get, you know, we get federal money, we get, we get state money, but the district has to make up for, you know, all the in-betweens and this, you'll hear, I think you hear a lot of people talking about this base student cost yeah, um, yeah. that, that we're trying to get and it's not increased. And so when that's not increased, then the districts, they, they, they have to make up for it. And that's just difficult on everybody. But um, yeah, there's like a, you know, a certain amount that should be, should be paid per student and that they haven't enforced that in, in years. So the base student cost, just for anybody that doesn't know, is they look at each particular student uh, and they look at the, the actual census of each classroom, each school, and they look at the amount of money it takes in order to run everything and basically keep the lights on to keeping everybody fed and all that jazz. And and from what I saw, it's about 500 bucks right. in the hole per student. Per student. For That's a year right. uh, of school. Yeah. So that, so do you know how much money they're talking? You, you may not know this, but when they say that there is money that is supposed to go to education but goes elsewhere, do you know how much money that is? No, okay. I don't. I was just curious mm-hmm. if you if it's a dollar to me that that makes me mad. I, I don't. It, right. It's it's one of the things that drives me crazy. Um, I, and I do I do view that as misappropriation. So I get that that's one of those things that gets the hair on my back standing up. Right. Like I'm really mad about. So I just uh, I'll settle back down here (laughs) for a second. Um, What um, what do you want to get out of tomorrow? So when you so for folks that don't know, uh, teachers are um, I'll get into after the interview. I'm going to get into some of the spin that's been saying there's this this talk about teachers walking out. They're they're teachers that. Yeah, it's 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 kind of grotesque how it's already being 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 pushed. There are teachers that are going to gather at the state house tomorrow. There, there's sure there's a, um, you know, these things that we're talking about, things that all the educators want to have happen. What, what do you want to get out of tomorrow when you go tomorrow? I mean, obviously someone's not going to come out with a big piece of parchment paper and say, "I have drafted exactly <laughs> what we need, and I just need everyone to sign it." Like that's not going to happen. What sense do you want to walk away with tomorrow to feel like it's been a successful day? I would. It sounds so, I don't know, um, unreal, I guess, but it's really simple. Um, I really, really want the 
public to like value educators again. And I know we have a lot of supporters, but if you have spent any time reading comments on Facebook under under these articles, they're so fast to not just with with this current situation, but anytime there's anything having to do with education, I just feel like teachers are attacked immediately and just disrespected. And and I'm hoping that if they see us in these I hope huge numbers that it looks like it's going to be that they will see that, you know, see our passion, see, see that we're not walking out on our kids, but that we are, we are there for every single one of them because they're not getting what they need. And we love them. You know, teachers do not get off at three o'clock. We do not sit by the pool all summer. Even when we're not with our kids, we're thinking about those kids and what they need. And I don't know any teacher who who doesn't who isn't that way you know I'm not saying every teacher is perfect but their heart I, I firmly believe is in the right spot and I just would love for for whoever's watching just to say to look at that crowd and go that is a group of people that love kids and they wouldn't be out there if they didn't they're not out there to get more pay for themselves necessarily not everybody you know like that may be one thing on a list of a lot of things and they're tired and they don't want to leave their profession. They want to keep teaching, but it just seems like nobody's on their side. You know, I mean, we, we don't have anybody sub helping support us. I mean, here the governor's not on our side now. Molly Spearman seems to be not for it either. You're starting to lose hope. And uh, it's true because we have over 5,000 teachers that left and that's just in our state. And I'm watching my profession just kind of crumble here before my eyes in the last 20 years. And it, it, you know, something, something has to change. We need more support. We need to be appreciated. We need, we need to be respected for as professionals, not babysitters, not, you know, I guess a lot of the comments I read, I probably should just stop <laughs> reading <laughs> Facebook comments. That's what I should do. Cause I do know that we have a lot of support and that feels really, really good. Um, but I guess that's what I'm just, I'm hoping for. I just hope people just see a, a, a group of teachers that, really really care about kids in South Carolina and really care about the teaching profession and we're trying to save it I mean it's it's when you know teacher shortage is a serious problem I don't think people know those numbers I'm not hearing them enough or I don't know you you've been a an educator now for 20 years you have three children you you are involved in an area that's a little bit smaller. So not only do you just teach random children, you teach your community, and you have for two decades now. Right. You've dealt with their parents, and you've dealt with the community. Can you give me any kind of sense of why people are so quick to jump on teachers? Oh, man, I wish I knew that. Um, I think we're easy to blame, maybe. Um and we, up until this movement, we've been a real pretty quiet group. Um, we've been accused of not voting even, you know, so we kind of just show up and we're there for the kids and we, and we do our job. So I don't know, we kind of just a punching bag <laughs> sometimes, you know, um, and I just think that it's, maybe it's just, it's just easy to say, well, that's the teacher's fault, you know, or that's, they're with you all day, you know, um, and everybody goes back to the summers off and the two weeks at Christmas and they just, and they say, you know, like you knew what you were getting into. It's like, nobody, nobody thinks of us as people, you know, it's like, well, they get summers off. So they deserve, you know, they get what they deserve or I just, 
it's almost like we've just that's what I'm, that's exactly what I'm trying to like say about the loss of respect. I don't know how it got there. I guess I'm not answering your question, but no, no, no I, I just I I think you bring up a a, a a brilliant point with that. I mean, everyone's going to look at what do you, like the value of your time off. But how many teachers do you know actually take the summer off? That, that aren't do right None. that aren't doing something in the in in the in the in the summer uh, and this even this teacher related maybe some of them are just working other jobs because the money oh. is not there but right. some of them are also working jobs for the school because they want to make extra money plus the kids need it and there's no one there right and, and we i mean we teach we take classes i'll be teaching a class this summer i mean i'm not it's just it's just a misconception, and I just think that that so many people are experts on education because that's one job where they all went through, it, you know, they all went through it in their version of it, and so for whatever reason that makes everybody an expert. Like, oh, when I was in school, <laughs> right. I hear that a lot, <laughs> right. you know. And I'm like, I tell, I even tell my dad, I'm like, you can't compare anything to when I was in school or when you were in school, not to 2019. Like, it's just sure. a different world. <laughs> so. A different expectation. It's funny when it, when it, when my my wife is is super involved in our community. When we when I uh, I take credit for convincing her to move here. She she didn't want to do that. She suddenly became more in love with our community th- than I am, and she now mm-hmm. does a, a ton of things um, around the uh, around the neighborhood because she wants to be more involved in. And obviously, one of the things that she does is she supports the school. We mm-hmm. we go to a very a very good school. I'd, I'd even call it a at like an affluent school, I I think it is. I think it I think it's a, uh, you know, it does very well. We're still donating items and 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 objects for the classrooms. Whether it's yeah, I mean, some of it's snacks, but some of it's other things like like you know, like notebooks or mm-hmm. or pencils. Mm-hmm. Like we like we 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 do that. And for a school that is very affluent here in the middle of the capital of our state. I can't imagine what what other schools are needing and just not getting. And and we're all involved, you know, with, whether we like it or not, whether we have kids or not, we all pay taxes for these things to work. And we right. and we we all participate in hoping that those schools do something for the community that are around them. But sometimes I think we expect the that to happen without the community around them supporting it. I've never really understood, though, people coming down on teachers. Again, full disclosure, my mom was a teacher, but I've never understood people blaming them that much. When you look at the school that I'm in, from the principal who was one of the best principals I think I've ever seen in my entire life, and Mm -hmm. and I was lucky enough to have some great ones growing up, and man, she overshadows them. All the way down to the folks that are, like, even the guy that works security at the door. Like, Mm -hmm. it, it, it floors me of how... Uh, involved they all are. I don't understand how you could walk up to a school and feel like there's someone in there that you need to blame. Right. I want to I want to ask you about something that I I don't want to make it a big hairy deal when it comes to politics or what what we're in, but you guys it's always been known that that teachers are underpaid. It, it's almost like an understood. And and I get right. that. And I can and I I I there's a part of me they can listen to either side of that debate, but we all know that no one's going into the teaching profession to be rich unless you're a college professor, and me and those guys can have it out on another show because that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> absurd. It is a racket, but anyway. Um, the There's a safety issue in school as well, 
it, whether it's you're watching out for someone's kids, you're not there to babysit them, but you're still there for their I mental well-being and their, and you want them to have a feeling of safety. We also live in a world where our kids now don't just have tornado and fire drills. They have active shooter drills. Correct. And, and the world's a, a different place. Knowing that you are someone that is that involved and that in charge and that responsible and accountable, and, 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 and when I say you, I'm using the collective you, Mm-hmm. You like teachers have been that and they have done that as we have transitioned into this very strange time. How mm-hmm. is it that someone can look at you now and say that something is your fault? Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like, I right, understand your right. argument, but taking all that into consideration, we understand that that's what teachers do. Yet we're going to turn around and say that because my kid got a D and not a B, that they're, that they're the one to blame. I, I don't understand that correlation we make as, as a community. Right. And it has just shifted. I mean, I love the little comic that has like 1976 and the report card, you know, and the parents are there. I don't know if you've seen this and the, and the kids are looking at the, I mean, sorry, the parents are looking at the kid and they're like, you know, what did you do, you know, to get this grade? And he had some bad marks and then it has like today and it's the parents are fussing at the teacher, you know, what did, what did my son do to get this? And it's just like this shift of, yeah. Teachers are just not respected, and it comes from administration backing up parents instead of teachers, and and then we just we just kind of get pushed to the bottom, and here we are, you know, in this. But yet, yeah, we're supposed to take a bullet, and I would, and I will, but you know, the demands. That's that's exactly it. There's just more and more and more demands on top of teachers, but less and less, you know, respect for them, whether that's to make their own decisions or just publicly respect or. We're just kind of micromanaged to no end and not trusted to do our jobs. Where are you where are your district superintendents on this with the with the My superintendent is the most amazing in the world. He he he's um he's new for our superintendent position, but he's been in my district forever. Um and we, you know, I wasn't wanting to take the day without the support of the district because I just I just didn't want to do that. Um, so we emailed him and just asked him what he thought. And he said that he supported us and he doesn't want to shut down the school. So he's planned to pull all non, you know, teacher people in from the DO himself included. And they're going to be in our room so that we can go. He said he would not deny anybody a personal day that wanted to take it. If we had the day, we should take it. And that is not normal. <laughs> like we are not hearing that from a lot of districts in South Carolina. So I am really, really lucky to have to have that because that, that makes. That's I mean, cool. I emailed him yeah. right away, and I, yeah, I just said, you know, having your support that's more to me than a raise. Like a, a money raise is not going to get me through every day. Having support from somebody above me is the best gift you can give me. That's fantastic. Yeah. That is absolutely fantastic. Now. Um, uh, I don't know who's above district superintendents, but as far as the statewide level, the, the higher ups of the higher ups, how how are they feeling about this? Have you gotten any pushback from anybody up above you? Um, no, the only thing is Molly Spearman. <laughs> That's the only, only thing I that I heard that is that I mean on my end, you know, I we've had I haven't talked directly with my principal about it. That's because I went straight, you know, we went straight to the superintendent and asked him about it, but. Um, you know, I have a school board member, his son's in my class and, and he's supportive and, um, you know, I haven't, I was just, when I saw, read Molly Spearman's letter, I just couldn't believe it. Cause I think 
we all, we all read it on our planning today. And I was like, just felt a little defeated, you know, that she's, I kind of look at her as like the grandma, you know, like the one that spoils you. Like she's supposed to always be on your side. She's the superintendent of education for our entire state. And here we are rallying and she's saying, no, you know, I don't, I don't agree with it. And, and also, also making us feel really guilty about it. I don't know if you read it. Did you, did you read her statement, what she said today? No, I haven't. I was going to ask you if you could, if you could, because you've mentioned that a couple of times and I was going to ask if you could clear that up. Yeah. She just was saying that, you know, she viewed it as us walking out on our obligation to 800,000 South Carolina kids and that she was, she just, she wasn't in favor of it. Um, that, that hurts educators, a slap in the face to educators big time. That is your state superintendent. If there's one person that is supposed to be behind you, that should be it. You know, I get the legislators don't get it, but sh she was a teacher. She, sh she should get that. <laughs> That's right. our one person. She should be standing right there next to us. And for her, for her to say that she, not only is she not going to be there with us, but that she doesn't think we should be there. Right. Right. I just, that's and one teacher even said maybe maybe she was saying that to try to get us not to go. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what well, uh, with with everything that's going on with this, and uh, when you go back to school on Thursday, what what do you think? If you can look in your crystal ball, what do you think the uh, the outcome is going to be? Um, gosh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I know that the road up until there has been has is a good there's a lot of good that's already come and and wednesday's not even here yet you know like just the the conversation you and i are having the conversations you're on the news people that had no idea that there were 37 kids in a you know sixth grade classroom or or 29 kids in a kindergarten classroom like things like you said that maybe you heard about it but you brush it aside like we've talked so much about so many important things that if nothing else you know now people are slowly becoming aware that we're not just, you know, the traditional teacher of what they remember from when they were in school, that there's so much more on us and that we do have a voice and we are united. And even the teachers that won't be there, that's not like they're, they're not mad at us. You know, they're just choosing a different path to, you know, that's just not what they, they choose. And we're not mad at them and they're not mad at us for going, you know, it's just people need to see that teachers, there's a big percentage of us right now <laughs> hanging on and you know i just i hope that they see that not that we mean business but that like you know we can be powerful and i don't know i, I told my kids about it today my students i told them what i was going to do and stuff and just kind of already got my gift there because they were they were just real their smiles and stuff you know they're just like you're gonna go and i was like yeah i'm gonna go and go see if we can get something done about this testing. And they're like, oh, that's great. You know? <laughs> and I don't know. That made me feel like I made the right choice with that because they're really the only ones that matter. What can those of us in the community do, whether we have school, uh, kids at school or not? Um, just as far as just South Carolina education? Yeah. Oh. I mean, just support, su support. If you hear conversations that, I mean, at the ball field that, you know, I can't believe my teacher, you know, just, just know that they're, that maybe they don't have the whole story or, um, you know, try to shift the dialogue to something more positive. I wouldn't say put us up on some pedestal, but just know, I mean, God, just know that teachers are working their tails off and we're all bringing it home with us physically and mentally. You know, we, we carry all of our kids issues with us home and, I don't know. We just, we need more people that are going to say things out loud when the conversation 
goes that you know we need a redirection we need we need we need more of that we need to, we need somebody to say we really can't compare it to when we were in school y'all you know <laughs> it's not really like that you know these teachers have a lot on them and they're trying to trying to find a balance between you know accountability and and, and teaching well I just want you to know that number one, I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about this, to give um, a good perspective for, for folks who aren't aware of what's going on. Uh, number two, I appreciate what you've done for 20 years in our, in our school. And I know you've done it without really, I mean, I know you feel like you come home and complain to your husband and, and whatnot, but we really don't hear a lot out of our teachers. We may hear something out of certain representatives or principals, but it, it's nice to actually, I think Wednesday will be nice so people can see that our teachers do have something to say I, mm-hmm. I i hope people at least hear this i hope the people inside that building here that you're standing outside right. of hear this um but as a guy that's got uh, two kids in school thank you so much for all that you do if there's anything else we can do here please let us know but best of luck to you and all of your other fellow educators as y'all go down there on wednesday i i do hope that something very positive comes out of this and people make some some serious changes because i i think it's a shame that we would ever um do anything that's detrimental to our children in the area and the number one thing that i think you know outside of what we do in our homes is the teachers that try to support them all day and the fact that you guys have not gotten the support you needed is is really on us as a collective but especially that that government that says, "Hey, we have public education because we think we can run it so well," and and that mm-hmm. that really, um, I really hope I really hope people are listening, and I, I hope you know. Um, well, I can't speak for all the listeners of the show, but at least for me, that I, I'm very <laughs> impressed with with some of the things you brought up tonight, and I, I really do appreciate you coming on and talking. Thanks for inviting me. Well, you're welcome, even though my, my wife had to kind of make you come on. But I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But, but thanks so much, and maybe we'll talk again in the future, okay? Okay. All right, thanks. All right, bye-bye. All the music is provided by the great Don Merkel from Don Merkel and the Blacksmiths. You can find the music to Don Merkel on iTunes, or you can find us at some places around town. Uh, the the um, I play in another band, too, from time to time, and it is called uh, Duncan Sims and the Accused. We will be at the State Street Pub this uh, May the 4th at 9. So if you're in the area... You want to come hear some good cover songs, we'll be jamming. But uh, yeah, all the music you hear on here, by the way, is Don Merkel's, except for the intro. Actually, it's a, the, the, no one's ever asked me about that. I actually wrote that. That was that was my intro. It was way too short and kind of ridiculous. But uh, I I really enjoyed uh, that that conversation. It was a it was a wonderful one to have. I love her passion 
um, you know, people, one of the things that that will happen in your life is you'll hear people say all the time, well, I'm so full of passion. I have such a big heart. Um, I care so much about this. It, whenever people say things like that, um, I, I don't have a degree in psychology, but being in sales for so long, I, I, I watch people. That's right. This podcast <laughs> just compared sales to psychology. Okay. I, I do understand there's a vast difference, but uh, one of the things that I've noticed is whenever people are saying things like that to you, they, they, they're generally telling you what they wish they were. Um, I always love when I talk to someone that you can genuinely tell they, they love what they do and they love where they are in their life and they love what they're doing. I mean, she, she obviously has a great passion. She's done She has been a teacher for 20 years. H- how many of you have been in the same job for 20 years? Maybe some of you. But the bulk of us out there have not been. And she's not worked an easy one. That's a it is great to hear someone who's so positive about what she's doing and something that is so overlooked. Okay. So I, I the, the interview went went pretty lengthy there, and I think we hit all the points that we needed to hit. So old Chad here is just gonna give you a couple of things to chew on while this goes down. So this is this interview was done before the exercise is going to happen on Wednesday. I have no idea what's going to come from it. If I was a betting man, I'm going to tell you, quite frankly, as far as our uh, government's concerned, probably not much. Probably not much. It's, It's April. They don't have to worry about an election. They care about things come about August, but not so much now. Um, and so while that may sound like a very jaded view to a lot of you, I'm going to tell you, I'm not wrong on it. Uh, I I don't think much is going to happen. Um, what I do hope happens is though exactly what she said. I hope that, that other folks, um, in the community pay attention and, and they, they gather up a little bit more, um, uh, ideas and resources and support the school around them, whether they have kids or not, because, they they need help. It, it is it is it is pretty atrocious what our schools go through. Uh, my children go to very good schools here in the state, we, right here in uh, this beautiful community that I live in. We've got some very good schools right around us. Um, but I, I've grown up in every corner of this state. I, I've gone to school in a lot of different schools around this state. I, I I know that it's been a long time since I've been in school, but one of the things that it showed me is there is an amazing difference from one place to the other. Just because your school was great doesn't mean the rest of them were. I, I, I assure you, it's been a long time, but I'm willing to bet that some of the school districts I was, I was in it haven't changed that much because it doesn't sound like they have. Quite frankly, a lot of the points that she brought up are um are, are issues that we've probably always had. We just really don't pay that much attention to it. Now, the first thing that comes up is the teacher's salary. And and that's that's the thing I was kind of getting at before with the idea of the, a few good men. When um when Molly Spearman her, her statement that she had, she put it out the other day. This is the state 
district. Uh, this is the state superintendent of education. This is a uh, for those of you that don't know that are outside the state. Th- this is not an appointed position. This is one that we we actually vote on. I, I'm getting the feeling that Molly may want to think about doing something else next time she's up for election. Just just saying, Miles, if you're listening. Uh, the beginning of her, her statement said, I became a teacher because I love and believe in education and the needs of many students always came first. Oh, excuse me. The needs of my students always came first. Now, as state superintendent, my first responsibility is top and top priority is to the nearly 800,000 students of our state. That is why on May 1st, I will not be joining those teachers who decide to walk out on their classrooms. Instead, I'll be walking into the classroom of an absent teacher to serve as a substitute. Are you freaking kidding me? Can we can can old Chad just pull out the BS meter real quick? Let me tell you why this bothers me. I've talked to a couple of teachers today. Uh, She was very nice. In her interview just now, a couple of the other ones weren't that they thought that was the most atrocious thing that they've read. Do you really think their classrooms are going to be empty? Do you, do you really think that no one's going to be there? Did you not hear what Kimmy said? She checked with her district superintendent and principal to make sure their classes were covered. If you're a substitute teacher and want to make some extra cheddar, you've got a day come May 1st. That's absolutely egregious that she, in her opening statement as the state superintendent of education, is going to come out with something that is so emotional to make you believe that your teachers, your kids' teachers, are leaving your child abandoned in a classroom. What a crock of crap. Right there as a reason to never vote her into that seat ever again. Because here's the thing. When I'm dealing with stuff with my legislature, I want to be pragmatic about stuff. Don't throw emotional crap towards me. And and I you know what? I uh, I I want to say, I bet you dollars to donuts she's not in a classroom. But she will be, because it'll be a brilliant photo op for her. Excuse me if I'm a little bit irate about this. But this is a thing that I, I, I can't stand about our government. Instead of sitting down and, and, and dealing with things with folks, um, we use, we use these, these acts, and we use the, the medium, and we use um, th- these kind of opportunities where we get to talk in sound bites to everyone paying attention. And we actually go after the people we're supposed to be supporting. You see, she's the state superintendent of education. She doesn't just support those children. She supports everyone who works for education in the state. It's not just about the cheering. It's not. This is what we this is what we do every time there's an election. It's about the cheering, Chad. It is. Do you not care about children? I've got to care about your eight hundred thousand students. Okay, so 
uh, you know, Miss Johnson and her 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 forty five students. You've got crammed into her first grade classroom. She's not there because she doesn't care about her students. Give me a freaking break. She's there because she does care about those students, and, and you are doing nothing to support her to support those students. But you'll take a day and go be a substitute, and that shows you care. And Mrs. Johnson is some bitch that shouldn't have a job. Are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Your opening statement to the world on how you view this meeting that the teachers are wanting to have is to say that I can't support that because, you see, I care about the kids. I care about them. And they just don't. I can agree that areas of South Carolina's education system are in need of improvement, she, she continues. This year, I've worked with the legislature to raise teacher salaries provide additional mental health and safety resources for all students and reduce excessive testing that takes valuable time away from teaching progress continues to be made but much more needs to be done well thank you very much that's fantastic um very little of this has anything to do with the teacher salaries i i really think in a sad thing that has happened is i think our teachers have just become content with the idea that they are going to make below um, a sustainable wage for them to be on their own. And, and it's, it was easy to do with our education system when it was set up a long time ago. Most most folks that taught were women. Most of them um, had husbands that worked. It was, it was a different thing. It's never really caught up. You want to talk about, you know, I'm not one that's going to get into these debates about e- equality with pay uh, because I work in the, in the, in the, you know, in, in the sales world. Like you go out and you, you, you make your money. That's what you do. So I'm a hard person to ask that question about, but it is it doesn't take a, a historian to look back and see that that we've never really caught up um, with making sure that that part is corrected. And I, and I, I truly believe that the teachers that we have out there understand that like they're they're never going to make um, what they should, um, because it's just it's just not going to be there for them. So to go right at it and say, I've tried to raise these teacher salaries. I've, I've done whatever I can for mental health. Look, that's a, it's a crock. I mean, look, nothing's been done. Nothing's been done. Not a thing has been done on these issues that really amounts to a hill of beans. How about this? Walk with me down another path. A year ago, a year ago, I did a show um, after the shooting of the, of the high school down in Florida. And I did a show that talked about how we all need to come together um, in a a community. Uh, It's it's a show called Fixing the School Shooting Problem. And it was, um, if you you don't have the time to go back and listen to the show, uh, the crux of it was basically we need to, as a community, address it. Because if we sit around waiting for someone else, i.e. the government, to come in and fix it, they're never going to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been over a year since that shooting's happened. It's been 20 years since Columbine happened. We have resource officers. We've never even gotten into a hearty debate about metal detectors. The the government's not going to come save you. How about this? If you're a, a if you're a state legislator and you're you're listening to this show, um, if you're trying to convince people that you could do a much better job with healthcare than the than the than the sector that's controlling it now does 
you're giving them a really bad example with how you're running the schools. You, you, you might want to put your best foot forward on this one. It, it is a shame because as a community, one of the areas we fail is we do blame teachers. Uh, one of the things that she said in the interview was that we're easy to blame. No, it's because they're the only ones to blame. Because people refuse to look at their kids. It was one of the things that turned me off to teaching. It's one of the things that infuriates me whenever I go do stuff at my children's school now. It's one of the things that, that bothers me even when I see my kids in um, sporting events around schools. I see their parents. And, and I see the way they react to uh, my kid has got to work on something. It's not easy for me to hear. It wasn't. I remember when Bryn was in um, first grade, and one of her bad marks was that her desk was messy. No, not my child. My child would not keep a messy desk. Have you seen what she does to the car seat in the back of the car? Good Lord, have you ever looked in the bottom of her book bag? I went to school and I looked right in her desk, and I was like, "Oh my God, why couldn't you have given her a worse grade?" You know, Good Lord. But, yeah, it was hard to hear. Our youngest does great at school, and she's adjusted very well. She's in kindergarten, and, and she really doesn't have any issues. So it's, it's like, but I keep waiting. You know, I keep waiting to hear, well, she's done this. And it's like, it's like yeah, well, maybe she has. I mean, I get it. I'm a parent, too. I don't want my kid to to be lacking in any area. But I also don't want to be in denial so that if they are, I don't help them with that area. Like your kids go to school to find out, yes, what they need to learn. And so you have to help them with that. And some of the times, it's social. Some, some of the times, it's paying attention. Some of the time, they may need more help than someone else. Some of the times, they may need to be held back a grade. Some of the times, they may need to freaking fail a test. Do you realize that there are some districts around this state that they're not allowed to give Fs? I'm, I'm not kidding. That, that is part of this issue, too. They're not allowed to give an F. Everything has red tape around it so much that I don't really know now if my child really is learning anything except for how to beat a test. Now, my wife, my ex-wife, my wife's ex-husband, we are all super involved in our kids. I'm pretty sure we're going to keep up with it. But a lot of people's parents aren't. It's not their fault. They just aren't. A lot of people's parents are really busy. A lot of them have multiple jobs. A lot of them just have one parent. And they don't have all the focus that we're able to give our kids. So we worry about that. The last person I'm going to blame is a teacher. Oh, don't get me wrong. I've seen bad teachers before. I, I, I mean, I have. But I don't believe that every one of them is that. And I don't believe just because someone's got something critical to say about my child makes them a bad teacher. I don't know how in the world teachers put up with all the crap they have to put up with. And as a matter of fact, last year, 25% of the teachers in this state didn't. They said no to this. Now, you can give me all the anecdotal evidence you want to that maybe teachers had babies, maybe they moved out of state, but 
5%. I, I work in the business world. If I had to turn over 25% of my sales force every year, then I'm doing something wrong, incredibly wrong. The issue is, is that the teachers have brought this stuff up before and they've brought it up for a long time. And what you're seeing is a lot of this conjecture. You're, you're seeing people um, like Molly Spearman writing these letters to where they say things like, I do support teachers using their voice to advocate for needed change and share in commitment to ensuring reforms become reality. However, I cannot support teachers walking out on their obligations to South Carolina students, families, and the thousands of thousands of hardworking bus drivers, cafeteria workers, counselors, aides, and custodial staff whose livelihoods depend on our schools being operational. You know what, Molly? You know what, Molly? I understand that. You know how all those bus drivers and cafeteria workers, you know you know how they must feel on May the 1st when the schools aren't operational? You know, because the teachers are just going to walk out without anybody there. You know how they must feel? Probably the way these teachers have felt for a good 10 years now, if not more than that. Because you see, you've walked out on, on them. L let me explain to you guys why I'm, I'm so contentious about this. Uh, when the government has answered their questions, they've used studies from 2008. They used parameters that were set back in 2012. Anytime you see an answer for anything, please look at the studies of what they've used or the statistics that they've used. Uh, our schools have changed. Teachers are leaving at 25% a year. Uh, the, the the classroom size is different. Well, we saw this, so we increased teacher pay, and uh, that that settles it all, right? No, that's not actually not what they're asking for. But we're gonna do that, right? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna prey on people's emotions. See, I care about your children. I've given these teachers money. You know, all they do is they sit around in the summer and they sit around at Christmas and they take time off. Like I don't take time off. Oh, give me a break. Have you ever, by the way, if you want to have some fun. If you are mad, how about this? If you are mad at what teachers get as far as their schedule is concerned, they get that entire summer off. Most of them working a second job or still doing stuff at the school. But let's 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 take your argument. Go go look and see what uh, the House of Representatives, State Senate, go go look and see what schedule they all keep. You'd be amazed at the time off that they get. You see, because that's the other thing about what's happened with. Uh, Superintendent Spearman. And, and no one else is saying this but me. I want to be very clear on that. But it sounds like when someone got a job where they're making three times a teacher's salary, that that maybe they forgot what it's like being in the trenches. Her, her ceremonial one day back to being a substitute teacher in a, in a classroom that probably was going to have one anyway does not all of a sudden give her the 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 credit that she thinks she gets from it because here's why I'm being hard on this all of this emotional response towards what your te your 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 children are going to be going through on May 1st 
is exactly what teachers have been saying to the legislature and to the community for years. Help us. Help us. Our classrooms are, are, are completely overflowing. We don't have enough supplies. We're not even getting the funding we're supposed to get from your tax money. Help us. Which avenue do you do you want me to go down? Because I need help in all of them. Yes. Yes, some of us are doing better. Yes, some of us have nicer buildings. Some of us have nicer test scores. Yes. Yes, there probably is inequality all around the state. Yes, we see it. Yes, we are ignoring the mental issues we're seeing. Yes, we, we're, we're not able to reach each student the way we're supposed to. Yes, we are completely over-testing your children. No, we don't like any of this. What do we have to say to get your attention? What do they have to say to get your attention? The state superintendent of education just wrote a letter saying that she's ignoring them. And she's going to give a political stunt where she walks into some school and tries to teach some kids that aren't going to listen to her. Do you remember the days of having a substitute teacher? And she'll walk away with it saying, I, we just got to stay focused on the students. We can't get caught up in anything else. When in reality, that's exactly what the teachers are saying. Superintendent Spearman, you, you want the truth? Oh, lady, you can't handle the truth. The truth is, is if you're not looking out for the teachers who then take that those resources and that support and pass it down to the students, then you're not helping anybody. Don't you dare tell me that you care about the students, that those 800,000, that's your classroom size. Oh, if she hasn't said that yet, she's going to. My classroom size increased from 20 to 800,000 when I took the state super. Oh, put a sock in it. If you're not able to support the teachers and the schools and what they need with the actual funds that they should have, number one, more than anything else, if you can't give them the damn money they're supposed to have, then you are failing at your job. If you can't help them keep a smaller classroom size, if you can't help with teacher retention, if you can't help get more people to help with mental illness in our school districts, then you have failed at your job. And I'm sorry, you can tell me whatever you want to that you have been working towards it, but our teachers still are making a horrible wage and you got 25% of them leaving the state. You're doing a terrible job. But you're going to turn around and tell the community to look at the teachers as if they are bad people for going out and doing what we want them to do. Shut up. Shut up. Stop with the conjecture. Stop with the grandstanding. Stop with the emotional response and do something. I'm going to give you Chad's free political advice. Here's what I would have done. I would have been on the state house steps too. 
And I've been out there with a big old fat notebook and a pen, a couple of pens. And I would have walked out there and I would have walked around and I would have talked to as many people as I could. And I would have written it down. Just written down certain things that they said. And I would have listened to them and I would have tried to find trends. And then I would have thought, thanked them for their time, for their service and what they're doing for the community and let them know that I'm going to do whatever I can to help them. And then I would have turned around and gone back inside and, and, and tried to accomplish something. Now, now, now hear me out for a second. Maybe you're just being told by the governor that you just need to, to, to squash this. My way still would have been better with that. Even if you'd have turned up those steps and everything that you did was disingenuous, you walking out and taking down notes and talking with people face to face would have been much better than you turn around saying, they do not care about your children like I do. It's a damn shame, but I'm going to go out there and care because this is exactly what I'm going to do. Now, again, um, superintendent, if I'm wrong, you've got to open seat, pick up the phone. We can have a conversation. But I'm not going to hear from you, am I? No, I'm not going to hear from you because the problem for me with these teachers and the reason why I said I don't think much is going to come from this is because we've got the wrong kind of people in seats like this. And we do this a lot. We turn and we wait for the government to come and save us. They can barely keep our schools afloat. They want us to turn our health care over to them? Jeez, do you know what firefighters and police officers have to deal with? And the lack of support that they get from our local leaders? Give me a break. They say they're working as hard as they can. Do you know do you know what they make? Sure, sure. South Carolina State Superintendent doesn't make anywhere near what a lot of the other states make. Sure. And if this is the kind of job they all do, she really shouldn't. I, I, here's my silver lining for all this. I'm impressed with our teachers taking this in a different way. We don't have it. So we don't have a, a teacher's union here in South Carolina. We're a right to work state. And they've tried to do things the right way with um, with the government for a very long time. And they've they've made some some they've made some ground. But not a lot when you really look at it. And the little bit of ground that they've made really is so far behind now. But the government won't do that. They'll look back at the old at the old statistics and they'll they'll play a shell game with you and try to get you to to believe that things are actually moving forward. Hell, they'll even tell you that they care more about the students than the teachers do. But it it means a lot to me that, that someone like Kimmy will come on the show and you can hear that she just wants things to be better. Because here's what's going to happen. May the 1st is going to come around. You know where she's going to be May 2nd? She's going to be back in the school. She's going to be back in the school teaching. She's going to be back in the school working with, with students that she is not allowed to discipline. With parents that aren't going to work with her. With a class that is way too large for her to control. And with no gratitude except for every now and then, a, hey, we really love our teachers. And Molly Spearman knows it. She knows they'll all be back in class on the second. 
that all she's got to do is get to the second. And then the third comes. Then there's a weekend. And Monday comes around. And this will still be talked about in some circles. But no one will be paying attention to it ever again. Not for a while, at least. You see, that's the way we do things with our school. Don't believe me? You seen a metal detector in the past year? Have you? Your 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 kid's school's got locked doors on it that you got to use a passcode on, but can't you just walk in with them in the mornings? Has anything really been done? No. Because they know that May 2nd's coming. It's time for us to realize that our government fails us. It does. And it's failed our teachers for a long time. Oh my God, for a long time. I hope what happens is that all of you who drive by the state house or any of you that watch it with the volume turned down and aren't seeing the headlines for where people are saying, oh, I care about our kids. I wish these teachers did. I hope you realize that the teachers are just really asking for help. What can we do? What can we do to help them out? Hell, I'll just take somebody taking a notebook and a pen and writing down a couple of things that they need and seeing if you can go to the store and, and, and help them. Whether it's, whether it's objects, whether it's volunteering, whether it's time. Heck, if we've got this many teachers that are burned out, maybe even a happy hour for your local teachers every now and then. We have, you know, just realize that we have service industry night for people that work in, in restaurants and bars. Can we do something like that? Discount on, on, on alcohol for our teachers on a Friday night? Maybe that wouldn't be such a bad idea. I don't know. But just understand that there are people out there that need help. And there are other people around there that that have some other interest that, that don't want you to really listen to their message. Whether it's teaching whether it's something involving students, no matter what. When people say that there are multiple sides of the story, always listen to all the sides that are there. But don't forget to do your homework and figure out why the sides are there. May the 1st is a time to learn something. May the 2nd, is the day we should be disappointed in our government when they do nothing. Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Hey, you want to make a difference? Find a teacher and take them to lunch. Listen to where you can help out. Let's find a way to do something here. That's really what I'd like to see come out of it. How about just say thanks to one today? Until next week, take care. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com.